This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to another episode of the How I Quit Alcohol podcast. For first-time listeners, please be aware that not all of the conversations within this podcast are suitable for children. I'd also like to add a trigger warning that sometimes the conversations can get a little heavy. We may talk about things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, drug use and alcohol use. And if you feel that that may trigger you, please do not tune in. Also, I'd like to add, if you are a heavy daily drinker, please seek the help of a medical practitioner before quitting alcohol. This podcast comes to you from beautiful Bunjalung country. Please kick back and enjoy. Grab yourself your favorite alcohol-free bevy. And if you haven't already, do a gal a favor. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm so stoked to have one of my good friends who I haven't seen for years on the podcast. Her name is Sarita. She is an insanely incredible musician who's also working as well as a vocal coach helping people awaken their inner voice to find healing and confidence. And she's just an amazing, absolutely incredible human. Sarita, how are you? Oh, Danny, thank you for that wonderful intro. <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's so good to see you and I'm, I'm excited. It's so good to see you. And you're living over now in, in LA. So that's why we haven't probably seen each other for so long. Then, <laughs> How's life for you over there? 
Goodness. Well, I actually did just spend a good extended chunk of time back home in WA in, in Perth, which was the first time I got there after the three years of what we just all went through. So that was very much needed and overdue. Life in LA, I mean, it's so much all at once. Some of my favorite things here are the hummingbirds oh, beautiful. and the cacti and all the incredible plant-based food options, healthy and yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just the, the, the diversity of people and culture and food and yeah, it's incredible. Why did you move to LA? Was that for was because of the music or what kind of took you um, there? Yeah, it was music ultimately. I mean, I had been coming to California every summer for quite a few years doing festivals. And then I sort of thought, well, maybe I'll tip the scale and actually base over here. Wow. Because yeah. I can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because you can. Our good friend Mia Dyson lives over there as well and went over there to pursue her music and so we've lost a few good people to the Seychelles <laughs> in California. But you were born in South Korea originally and then yes. grew up in Perth. Amazing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, my mum is South Korean, 100%. <laughs> Your mum is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. It is beautiful to have you on. So when I, I met Sarita, you were kind of travelling around with Ash, doing some supports with Ash. And it was mm -hmm. funny, I was saying to Sarita the other day that she was the first person I ever saw doing a salute to the sun, the yoga kind of uh, movement progression of doing the sun <laughs> salutation. And we were, I don't know where we were, we were someone on the, somewhere on the south coast of New South Wales and this gorgeous fucking beast of a woman got out this yoga mat, <laughs> you, and started doing these I'm like, who was that? <laughs> like, what is she doing? And I, I was really curious watching you do these amazing movements. And then I said, what, what is it you're doing? And then you told me, you know, doing these sun salutations, this yoga. And that's how out of touch I was. Like back then, I didn't even know what that was. And you taught me a sun salutation. And I continued oh to do God. a lot of those from that day onwards. It was a very simple. Wow. I know. That's so cool. I love that story. You know what I love about you and you, you've just always been so beautiful, but there was never an ounce, well, I didn't feel an ounce of judgment or I didn't feel like you thought, God, who is this bargain chick? Doesn't even know what this is. <laughs> you just so openly was just telling me about it and said, come on, try this. And we did it together. It was just beautiful. And that's the essence of you is this sort of openness. And I can see how you would impact people so much working with them, with their voice, because for people to work with their voice, singing is such a personal thing and there's so much... Mm. Ego, I don't mean ego in the bad sense, but our own ego, our own internal critic that kind of holds us back with our voice. And it's such a beautiful thing to tap into for so many reasons. Singing is so good for us, right? Yes. So let's talk. A thousand about, percent. Yeah, yeah, let's, above. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a bit about what you do and why it's so important. So the reason, well, the reason I've got you on is to kind of delve into this whole, I guess it's somatic based therapy too, isn't it? Like dealing with our, our vocal cords and the sound mm. of our voice and how that can kind of promote healing in so many ways. Yes, yeah. totally. So as you know, and to the listeners, I have been a singer-songwriter and recording touring artist for, I can't believe it, I think it might be about 20 years now. Along with that, I've also been a long-time meditator, spiritual practitioner, so yoga, and also using the voice 
as a meditative, contemplative, therapeutic tool. But I've just only really been diving deeper and deeper into that for the last, well, it seems like I keep getting deeper and deeper. But in 2017, actually at the end of 2016, I heard a very loud like inner calling to gather the women and sit with women on the land and hold space for women's voices. And Mm -hmm. I started doing that and holding voice workshops. I would weave them in where I knew they would work and where I had space when I was touring. So, oh, you know, I'm playing here on that day. So let me do a voice workshop on the Sunday in that place. And women came. It's like there is there's such a call with so many women to sing and sound their voice. It's such a innate call for us because it's such a part of who we are as humans is our voice. And I think that in this modern world, we tend to compare our voice to enter any super well-known singer's name in here. And we compare our voice and then think, oh, I can't sing or I'm not a good singer, or I don't have a good voice, all those things. And if we don't, well, maybe somebody has told us to be quiet or that you can't sing or Mm. that you're tone deaf. And I put tone deaf in the little inverted commas because tone deafness is a thing, but it's super, super, super rare. And people that, women that come to me saying, oh, I'm tone deaf, it's, it's turned out that they're not. And it's just that they've been told that. And then so it turns into this like brick wall of a belief that they're tone deaf and so we work together to bash the wall down brick by brick so that they can actually experience the joy of singing and enjoy the sound of their own voice so yeah there's this innate desire to sing in so many women and we tend to oh be so self-critical of what our voice sounds like so I mm. really am just such an advocate of flipping that oh I don't like the sound of my own voice too it's much bigger than you. And if you have that desire, that calling, that longing to sing, then it's life itself wanting to express through you as you and literally your voice, like every single person out there listening, there never will be another voice exactly just like yours. It's literally your sonic fingerprint. And so if you have the desire to sound it, but you don't, then the universe misses out on one of its instruments. Absolutely. And look, I think it's so beautiful when people can connect to their voice. It's so healing. Like I know myself, if I'm feeling stressed and my kind of anxiety shows up in my tummy quite a bit. And so if I take a nice big inhale in and just kind of sing or hum, I tend to like belt out some John Farnham anthems. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it makes me just feel so good and happy. But there is science behind that too because that's kind of toning the vagal nerve which helps us mm-hmm. to stabilise our nervous system, right? So mm-hmm. it is actually a very healing thing to do for your nervous system to sing. It, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, breath is one of the main foundations of voice. And so to be complete, to do be doing complete breathing where you're using your full lungs, these amazing organs we've been given. And so many of us go through life without actually using them to their full capacity. A lot of us tend to breathe quite shallow. And so one of the first things um, I, I'll invite people to do is like put one hand on your heart and then one hand on your belly and just take a few breaths and just notice which hand is moving more. Oh, let's do that now. Let's do it now. now for for listeners. Yeah. Not if you're driving. 
If you're driving. Not if you're driving. Whatever. Well, just listen. I'll do it later. Okay. But for yeah. those of us who are not driving, perhaps yeah. take a moment. So pull one hand on your heart and pull one hand on your belly and then just take some nice deep breaths. And just notice which hand is moving more. And so what we want ultimately is for the belly to be moving more than the chest hand. Because we want the breath, we want to send the breath low and we want to send the breath wide so that we're using our complete lungs and not just breathing up into the top. And there's a lot more to it than that, but that's a very simple and quick check-in to see, oh, what's my breath doing in this moment? It's a great diagnostic tool, isn't it, to you to notice, okay, if I'm all up in my chest, okay, can I switch it round? Can I breathe more into the belly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so beautiful. That's so nice. And even just that awareness can help settle. Like I feel just calmer just doing that, you know. Yes. One great thing that singers have is this ability to breathe deep and into their diaphragm because that's how we're trained to breathe into Mm -hmm. our diaphragm and we're extending our exhale because. Exactly. Right. And so that's, I always swore that because Ash is so big with his diaphragm, like he's actually physically has a big diaphragm and he's got that really operatic voice that's from this huge big diaphragm of his. But he's always so calm <laughs> and he's always <laughs> been a better diaphragmatic singer than me. I always found it was a bit more chesty in the chest uh-huh. and I always put that down to his calmness into the way that he's trained himself to breathe for his singing I'm sure is uh, what helps keep him so calm or maybe he's just a calm guy. But Yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate probably like, because you can't be taking really nice, deep, full breaths on the regular and, and be crazy stressed out. <laughs> it's so true. Because like you say, like when you're, when you do the deep breathing, I mean, there's so much that goes on. And when you pair the deep breathing with sound, it's basically a sound healing, but the sound originates in your own body. So I, I like to say you are the singing bowl. We live in a vibrational universe. Every cell in our body is literally vibrating. So when you consciously and intentionally create sound and send it into your cells, like there's so many things that go on. So like you mentioned, the regulation of the nervous system. And when you're breathing deeply, basically your blood gets oxygenated from your deep breathing, which when your blood is getting more oxygen, then it's just going to be, it's going to have a myriad of health benefits because your blood goes to all the organs, the glands, the endocrine system, just so many functions are regulated and what's the word? Homeostasis brought into a state of balance or homeostasis by intentionally sounding the voice. So there are so many different practices, whether it's singing and singing is more like it brings joy, but it also There's so many scientific benefits too from singing. And then there's toning, which is more one held note or vowel sound and sending that to, there's a lot of different systems where different vowel sounds, for example, correspond to different energy centers or chakras. Mm. So you can send certain vowel sound or tone into that center to whatever, say you want to feel more grounded, you can tone into your root chakra and that will help 
you get more grounded or if you want to be more energized, you could tone into your crown chakra. So yeah, lots of different ways to explore the voice for healing, for joy, for yeah, the therapeutic power of it and to bring Mm. literally more harmony into your life to bring Mm. more harmony into your life. I was just watching this thing the other night about the music of the spheres, which is the concept that every planet actually has a frequency and a sound, and NASA has recorded some of the sounds of some of the planets. You know how I was saying before that each of us is an instrument in the symphony of the universe? So in that same way, as every planet has its frequency, its sound, its vibration, when we sound our voice, I feel like we become more of who we are it's like emboldening our presence of who we are and we're so focused these days on on what we look like and Instagram and things like that have really helped that but I'd love to invite people into the curiosity of oh what's your sound and again not with a sort of judgmental or critical ear but just really a curiosity of oh what's my sound and to actually give yourself the gift of unconditional listening oh, and the, yes beautiful <laughs> the thing is is when you show up for your voice consistently over time what happens is your voice becomes more resonant it becomes more present it becomes and you get to know what it feels like in your body the systems of support like the diaphragm how you were mentioning you get to know what it feels like in your body to be sounding in a more resonant, more supported way. And so many people tend to, yeah, try something once and think, oh, I've got a terrible voice. And then they compare that with Whitney or Aretha who grew up singing every single day or at least a few times a week in the church, probably put thousands of hours into cultivating their voice. So definitely give yourself grace. Absolutely. It's interesting too, because some people like say myself, I've sung for years and I was okay with my singing voice, although it's not perfect. And I certainly would never want to compare myself to Whitney Houston, but (laughs) I couldn't stand the sound of my talking voice. It was interesting. When I'd hear my talking voice, I'd be like, like, you know, (laughs) I was all right with my singing voice. And, and some people are fine with their talking voice. It's different for everybody, but there's this degree of this one I want to ask you about as well. Vocal shame, like people have seem to have so much shame around their the sound, their sound, the sound of their singing, the sound of their speaking, any mm-hmm. sounds. I always message people often back on like voice message, just because I find it easier. I'm a bit lazy. I can't be bothered typing a million messages a day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people message back going, thank you for your voice note. I'd love to voice you back, but oh, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. And yeah. Isn't that interesting. Yeah. And I feel for those people. Why? Why? It was just your voice. But there is, we have so much vocal shame. And like you say, I guess that comes from a lifetime of maybe being told that you're not good or that you don't sound good, or maybe it's that we're hiding a part of ourselves. I don't know. Mm. What, what do you think? What would you attribute vocal shame to? Let's go deeper than just you've been told you're not a good singer. The first thing that comes to mind is intimacy, like fear of intimacy, because I love getting voice notes because it's 5,000 times more intimate than getting a written text message, isn't it? Yes. I just got goosebumps when you said that, by the way. Ooh. 
I love goosebumps. <laughs> truth bumps. <laughs> I mean, yes, truth bumps. Yes. Yeah. So maybe it's a fear of intimacy, a fear of being seen, a fear of being heard. And what is that about? Maybe it's a disconnection with self because mm. there's so much that we're told to how to be and do and look and in this world that maybe it's um, a lack of intimacy with oneself even. Bang. Yes. Boom. 100%. Yes, because we're so disconnected from ourselves to hear even our own voice is quite shocking to mm. us. And it's sort of being that confront, like confronted with the sound of, of us, of hearing mm -hmm. ourselves. Well, I was telling you earlier that when I did this workshop with Bessel van der Kolk, his mm. wife, Leisha Skye, is also, uh, she runs workshops as well on connecting with the voice and vocal shame. And she had everyone at the start of his whole workshop, she would get up at the start of each day and take us through different kind of embodiment practices. And one of them I found really interesting was to hold your hands up in front of your face and say mm -hmm. your own name, mm. whether it's a nickname or how you would sort of whatever you'd call yourself and hear it being bounced back to yourself mm -hmm. and how that sat with you. Like some people didn't like it. Some people felt soothed by it. Some people felt repulsed by it. It was really interesting to hear everyone's different experience of that. And there was no right or wrong. It was just hearing everyone's experience of it. But I found that very fascinating as well to hear their own name and to hear the sound of their voice saying their own name. Mm -hmm. that, that is full intimacy with yourself, right? To Yes. And how some people were just, they couldn't stand it. They were repulsed. One, I remember one person sort of started crying because they felt it so shocking. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that practice with my name. I've done actually often when practicing for like the studio, for example, you know how when you're recording your voice in the studio, you're listening to headphones. So you're hearing your voice in your headphones. But when you're practicing like in a room, you're not hearing it up close like that. So I mm. often do this and like just sing, holding something reflective up in front of me so I can hear basically so I'm not pushing too hard so that I'm like hearing it as like um, a moderate level or at the level that I want to be singing at, how it sounds. I don't know if you all listeners could hear my voice change when I'm holding up a notebook about an inch from my face so I can hear my voice bounced back. Mm. It is, it's very intimate, the voice. It's so intimate. And another thing I wanted to say, Danny, mm. was voice positivity. So mm. with body positivity, so voice positivity. Yeah. So whether that's like putting affirmations around some of the women I've worked with have come up with for their own voice is I trust my voice mm. because a lot of women feel that they don't trust their voice, which is so, it's so interesting, isn't it? Another one is my voice is beautiful. Mm. My voice is needed. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. It's just so special to tap into your voice, to sing and express and just be joyful rather than we're so guarded. It's interesting mm. that when oftentimes when we're really pissed, we're a bit off our face, a lot of people mm. can sing then. And they have the confidence, obviously, because the prefrontal cortex is offline, but they have the confidence to tap in and sing. But usually it sounds really bad. I know with myself, I would never, I never got drunk <laughs> when I'd perform because I knew it would make me a bit flat. I couldn't pitch very well. And I'm not probably the greatest pitcher either. 
but it would really ruin. I just could not pitch at all and just be completely out of tune and my nose would block up and it would just sound terrible. But it's it's interesting that a lot of people rely on alcohol to say then go and do karaoke. Wow. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. When we take the alcohol out, and alcohol, once we've been using it a lot and it's become maladaptive and it's not helping us anymore and people are finding themselves really stuck in a rut from it, it's often mm-hmm. kind of eroded our confidence by this point. And mm-hmm. so what I find really beautiful is to work with a vocal coach or to work on your voice, to re it's another step forward in like recovering oneself and reconnecting back mm-hmm. to the self and working on your confidence mm-hmm. from this beautiful place of really connecting into your own body and your own sound and starting to love yourself, but also loving your voice and loving yourself as the whole. And the voice is such a big part of who we are. It's, it really is. Yeah. That's absolutely. so beautiful how you express that just then. <laughs> <laughs> you eloquent one, you. Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah, thank you. I'll take that. So you're trusting your own voice. So trusting your own voice, having confidence in your own voice. I could imagine, God, I want to fly over and do one, but I want to do a workshop <laughs> with you in person. You should do one in Australia. I will. I will. Actually, I did a few in Perth in the first half of this year. I'm okay. And I'll do one in the Northern Rivers. I will. I will. 2024. Let's do it. That needs to happen. Yeah, I'm going to make that happen. Sure. <laughs> That's got to be <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, one of my good friends, Lucy Turner, she is one of those ones that's always like, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. And I went to one of her yoga classes on Sunday where she chanted and that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. And I was saying to my other friend, Kelly, who's a singer, on the way out, I was like, how could she say that she's not a good singer? Like her voice was so beautiful in that moment. And for her in that, I guess that's a more spiritual thing. She's chanting. She's not singing K-San or John Farnham. It's different. <laughs> it's that real expression of the soul, isn't yes. it, when you're chanting? So when you're working with someone, are you working on songs or more spiritual sounds? Like how does it look? Yeah, so I cover everything from the physicality of singing, so what I call vocal gym. So we get all your support, your physical support online, starting with the foundation of breath and then resonance, right, like how to get more sound out of you because, I mean, I'm a great example of what can happen when you show up for your voice over time because when I listen to my early recordings and then I I listen to my voice now, it's just so much more online. Like there's so much more of my voice there because I've shown up for it consistently over time. So we do the physicality of singing. We also do the voice as a therapeutic tool. So a lot of guided vocal meditations, a lot of the toning with the chakras that I spoke about, some yogic vocal practices. Yeah, really just getting beyond the judgment of the sound and into the sound itself and knowing that sounding is so beneficial for all your cells, all your functions and bringing everything into alignment. And then usually I invite everyone to choose either a song or it could be a chant or it could be just a freestyle intuitive sounding with words or without, but to make an offering at the end of the 10-week journey. So you can, yeah, as I said, either a song or a chant, but what it is is that reframing, and this is a quote from Chloe Goodchild, who's an amazing uh, woman in the UK. She has a 
book called The Naked Voice. And she says, we seem to transform, not perform. So when you're speaking about Mm. your friend, the yoga teacher, it really is. And I think voice in so many cultures around the world forever, for thousands of years, has been more of a ceremonial, like we use our voice in reverence of life or the creator in ceremony. And it's really not about what it sounds like. It's really about the fact that we're sounding it. And voice would have been so much more woven into everyday life than it is today. Oh, 100%. The amazing book, Rupert Sheldrake, I don't know if you've read his book, but he talks about early ceremonial things that we miss out on now and that Mm -hmm. singing and dancing and all those ways that people would commune and Mm -hmm. also commune with spirit and commune with community and themselves Mm -hmm. and then that kind of dancing around the maypole and how that was all shut down because it was seen as witchcraft that Mm -hmm. was closed down and then it was more towards the church but still in church there was mass there was singing and there was that congregation of being in community and singing to spirit even if it wasn't in that kind of more tribal sense but then that's sort of being cancelled out now not cancelled out that's not so popular as it was a couple of hundred years ago now Mm -hmm really all we're left with is getting pissed in the pub to maybe be brave enough to tap into our voice and to sing. And so, I mean, that can be important too because we're still connecting and there's community there, but we don't want to just be expressing ourselves like that when we're pissed. Like, can we bring community back together where we are making sound together and expressing spiritually, whether it's chanting or singing, like just getting together and singing and dancing without that kind of I don't know, needing that the alcohol to drive it, but without judgment, without judgment of one another and without judgment of ourselves would be really enlightening. I think it's almost that would almost take us full circle back to yeah. to spirit. Am I getting too woo-woo now? No. <laughs> I I would take it okay, there's something I want to say in a little bit that might be even more woo-woo. <laughs> I bet you could out woo-woo me any day. <laughs> but um what I wanted to say is What's ironic about what you just shared about getting drunk and then having the confidence to sing is that when you sing, like I think what people, I mean, there's so many reasons why people drink and overdrink and drink habitually and the addictive nature of it. And one of those reasons is probably to feel better, right? Uh, Which it doesn't end up doing. But when you sing, it actually does release endorphins. It actually does release oxytocin so you literally like your chemical makeup changes to where you feel better so you you feel better in yourself you also feel better because you feel more connected to whoever you're doing it with and you feel more connected to whether you're feeling more connected to the land I think land is such a big part of being a human and I think we're starting to remember the importance of connecting to the land that we're on and I think that the trees love it when we sing. The land loves it when we sing. And they're like, what mm. happened? These humans have got pretty silent in the last few hundred years. Mm. With industrialization, the machines got louder and louder and the humans got quieter and quieter. But what I was wow. going to say that is maybe taking up the woo-woo level is that sometimes I think that the reason so many, especially women, have so much vocal shame is because millions of women were literally burned at the stake for singing, for being in touch with knowledge of plants and for gathering and for being self-healing. And maybe it's a past life thing. 
maybe there's a past life thing there of Absolutely. feeling that you'll be punished for speaking up, feeling that you'll be shamed or, yeah, publicly punished for speaking up. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I love what you said, self-healing. And I, I really do believe that a lot of the practices that we talk about in this podcast, mm. there's so many ways in which we can self-heal. But I do love this kind of idea of, of community or self-healing through listening to the sound of your own voice. What does someone go through? They so say they do a, a workshop with you or they do a course with mm. you. Do you mm. see that transformation with people? Do you see people come in really shy and full of vocal shame to get to yeah. a point where they're able to express a lot more? Yes, absolutely. And it's the most beautiful, oh, it's the most beautiful journey to witness. And it fills me with so much joy. And I usually end up crying when, <laughs> when they're making their voice offering or sharing how powerful something has been for them. In particular, what's coming to mind right now is a few women have shared with me how a few married women who've noticed their husbands have noticed they're singing around the house more. They're singing just like while they're cooking or whatever. And, or they're, instead of yelling at their kids, they're singing more and the kids are like singing back to them. That's awesome. <laughs> so just this effortless kind of weaving song in, it doesn't have to be another thing to do. You can sort of get it in where you can fit it in. And I, I do a lot of singing and toning in the car. It's a great way to transmute emotion. And also, if you're feeling like traffic in LA can really be no joke. So sometimes it's a great way to just calm the F down, you know, and just regulate and yeah, bring you back to the powerful present moment rather than being angry at all the people that are taking. Totally. Oh, you could take it as an opportunity. Oh, I could work on this song now and, and tone my vagal nerve and... <laughs> I really regulate yes. myself. Thank you, Traffic. Thank you, Traffic. I've also had women practice some of the more therapeutic tools and reduce pain, like chronic pain, pain from mm. injuries. If mm. you do it consistently five to ten minutes a day for a week or more, I've had women notice the reduction in pain. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, I'm sure too, just that vibe on the vibrational level and even sending yes. that, that vibration to different areas of your body, I'm sure would yeah. be amazing too. It really is. Yeah. And once you start to be aware of resonance, you start to really tune in to, like when I tune in now, I'm like, oh, I can feel my fingertips resonating. You know, with humans, so much of our experience is what we put our attention on. So when you choose to put your attention on your voice and where in your body you're sending your voice or how you're supporting your voice with your body, so much can shift. And mm. again, another thing that your question of the transformation, so much of it is is really that shyness and the fear of sounding your voice in front of other people, in front of a group, moving through that. And, of course, the first step is showing up. So yeah. it takes a lot of courage even to just go, okay, I'm going to do this. But the transformation from that to really feeling empowered because they know how to get more sound out of themselves and they know that 
it doesn't really matter what it sounds like because they're in joy or they're in reverence and they're making their voice as an offering rather than a, a performance. And mm. yeah, it's just, it's really, really beautiful. Oh, it's nothing more beautiful. And I just wish everyone would just tap in and just learn to love their voice or accept their voice as it is and just use it as a tool to calm the nervous system and use it to express mm. and to speak mm. out and to speak up and sing out and sing up. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Just tapping into the voice because it's so beautiful and everyone's voice, like you say, is so unique and so yeah. beautiful. I think that we hold, I always say to anyone, anyone, anyone can sing. Anyone can sing. Yes. To sound good sometimes is just to do with confidence because we can sing, we can sound pretty good when we're in the shower or we can sound pretty <laughs> damn good when we're in the car on our own, but then get us around people and we stifle ourselves. We The throat tightens up and the diaphragm tightens up. And mm -hmm. so I guess the more that you do it, the better you get at it and that gives you more confidence. So the more Absolutely. confident you feel, the more then you want to do it. But a good Absolutely. friend of mine, Eve Jeffries, she does vocal coaching and singing lessons here in Byron Bay. She's Byron Bay singing. But she would just run for fun, these group singing sessions. And I used to go all the time to do it in Brunswick Heads. And it was just any, like she'd have like Bon Jovi nights or John Farnham oh, nights <laughs> or, you know, 70s <laughs> nights or Carol King or whatever. But she would just print out the lyrics on a sheet of paper and everyone would come. No one would sing on their own. And we'd just stand there and sing the songs it was so Love fucking it. cool and everyone would stand in this circle and no one was really showing off. It was just singing these songs together in pure joy and yeah. everyone would feel on such a high at the end of it and there was just no yes. putting anyone on the spot or anything. It was just singing for the fun of it and it was just really beautiful and it was beautiful to see people coming in feeling a bit nervous and then just getting into it and it's so awesome and she's still running those so if people were interested they could check out Byron Bay singing, I believe it is. I'll put notes in the show notes for that. But um, so that's cool. run by a good friend of mine. And it's just something she just put together as well, just to help people start getting joy out of their own voice and learning to just sing together with people and bringing that community back together. Yeah. There's such a need for it. There really is like a big gaping hole, I feel like, in modern day human life. Absolutely. The voice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think two things, like taking the booze out, can we sing can we get together with groups and people and sing and dance dancing and singing mm -hmm. and moving without being shit-faced is a very mm -hmm. different experience mm -hmm. very confronting but it's so liberating so it's liberating so yes liberating. I love Ooh, on that note i just want to share too that so there's a retreat coming up that myself and two of my dear women friends who are also singer songwriter voice guides we're holding for the second time, Vocal Liberation Retreat. So I love that you said liberating. <laughs> oh, and it's in Mexico in February 2024. What the actual hell? In Mexico? <laughs> it's in Guerrero, Mexico. Yeah. I'm not going to want to come to that. Please send links and I'll put it in the I show will. notes. That would yes. be amazing. Oh, it's going to be so beautiful. It starts on a Monday and goes till Friday. So Monday, February 26th till March 1st. And it's at a beautiful eco resort called Playa Viva, which is a regenerative resort that's like part of its whole raison d'etre is to regenerate the land that it's on and also the local communities too, as well as like the turtle population that's on the beach. So it's a very beautiful, intentional retreat space too. 
Oh my yeah. God. Okay. That sounds amazing. All right. So you've got new music coming out in September. Uh, for people yes. that have not heard your music, they can find you Sarita on, on Spotify and all the usual places, I'm sure Bandcamp and iTunes and all those places. Mm -hmm. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes. And then you've also got your amazing Awakening Your Healing Voice, which yes. is a self, yeah, self-paced course, which people can do online. So what would one experience if they're doing that, if they're doing your online course, what could someone expect? So Awaken Your Healing Voice is 10 modules and every module has a training video of like 15 to 30 minutes. It varies from module to module. And then audio practices and then video practices and then notes. So it's a self-paced, it's 10 weeks, but you can take, I know life happens. And that's why I made this available as a self-study so that it wasn't so like, oh, we have to be on the schedule. So that's available for anyone to start anytime. And I'm offering monthly live support calls too. So we still do get to connect in real time and get, and you can ask any questions, but it's, yeah, it's just not, you don't have to come onto a call at a certain time every single week. So mm -hmm. it's a bit more accessible. Tell me a bit about the modules, Sarita. Like, so how does it look? Like what would someone be kind of learning as they're doing the course? Yeah. So through the 10 modules, you learn, okay, we start at the beginning of like sound as the creative force of the universe because in whatever belief system, creation story you look at, sound is the creative force of the universe. So we take it right back to that and then we build your voice. It's like we're building a voice. So a strong foundation starting with the breath and resonance, a lot of what we've talked about on this chat together today and the power of word and sound. So calling in your, what you want to create and actually putting that into word and sound and into your voice. We go into your voice as a therapeutic tool. So using your voice, like we've talked about to bring everything back to balance, bring yourself home to yourself within your body, within the cells of your body vibrating. We do vocal gym like I've talked about, which is really like, you don't expect to go to the gym, I don't know, once a month and become super buff, right? So I'm really all about, okay, let's commit. And this is something that I get everyone to do is commit to a voice practice. And whether it's five minutes a day, every day, or 15 minutes, two or three times a week to really do some of these vocal gym exercises. And then we go into a bigger context of humans using song, using their voice as a bridge to ceremonially or traditionally around the world. And I highlight places that I've had the amazing privilege of experiencing that because it's just so powerful. And I think we don't have to go back that far for each of us in our lineages to where we were doing that. So to also spark that inquiry of what songs might live in your DNA, like what songs might your ancestors have sang together um, yeah it's a really beautiful journey over the 10 weeks and I'm sure I've skipped something out but <laughs> oh harmony harmony singing harmony is one of my favorite things to do mm -hmm. so we explore harmony and the wide like actual harmony singing harmony holding one note against another and how beautiful that the flowering it becomes more than two voices it becomes 
exponentially bigger and more beautiful, but also the inquiry of how could you bring more harmony into your life as well. So yes. Yeah, would someone need to be like, obviously you don't need to be a singer to go and do this. It could just be someone who's struggling with some vocal shame or wanting to explore their voice a bit more or work on their own connection to self. I think would be, Definitely. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. no previous voice experience necessary at anyway. all. It's actually really beautiful if you're starting at the beginning. And maybe a lot of women I work with have glimpsed the power and the beauty of their voice and they know there's more there and they just don't really know how to access it. So that's a really good place to start too. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Oh, mate, I, all I can think about is Mexico now, so uh... <laughs> Sorry, Ash, I'm off to Mexico. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ash, bye, kids. Sarita, you are so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for your offering and just being you. And you're such a beautiful human. And I think anyone who has the pleasure to work with you or the the capabilities of working with you would not regret it because you're just such a, you're just a joy. You just beam, I don't know, just acceptance and beauty and you're lovely. You're such a beautiful human. So I feel very privileged to know you. So thank you so much coming on today. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for all the amazing work you're doing to inspire people and to, yeah, to really get people on a healing journey for themselves and be the best that they can be. It's very inspiring to watch. I have tears welling up in my eyes now. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't take much for you. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that, do you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you're gorgeous. All right. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, darling. And I'll see you soon. Hopefully, Mexico. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.